This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound it means. Yes, once again, the unfiltered band. Present and accounted for as are we. It is unfiltered episode number 12, The Dirty Dozen. Calling this one The Runaround as we take you, uh, I guess I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe I should be having this conversation with my therapist. <laughs> I think I take you through, or either way, we're all together in all this. Take you through uh, not only the latest around uh, the world of Major League Baseball, but also the NBA and the trades and the trade deadline coming up in Major League Baseball, among other uh, things that will come to mind, insanity, and who knows what else. Um, I feel like uh, an Avenger today. I saw Thor this morning. That was good. Uh, there was love and there was thunder. You can get me at uh, Twitter, at Casey Stern, whatever you've got, obviously bring it to the table in terms of ideas for lists or whatever you want uh, to add to uh, you know the wall, which uh, is still a work in progress. But as you can see over my shoulder here, Cowboy fans, uh, they are still the worst. Um, I, I want to start here. I'm going to get into a bunch of things today. But I, I want to start here. I hate when people start something with... I'm not one of those people who, because then usually they are, right? I mean, I'm recognizing that. Like somebody's like, no, yeah, you know. It's like when somebody says, can you help a friend of mine? No, you mean me, right? That's like, you know, it's why even disguise it. But I I really am not because it would have probably ended my career long ago from me just freaking out about it. Somebody who cares about taking credit because the idea of how credit is taken nowadays in general in this business is ridiculous. Like somebody goes ahead and breaks a story and then, you know, another person comes in and they got to go cite the first person. And it's like the game of telephone when you're like seven, except like you're seven tweets down the line. Uh, I just wanted to say that even though I gave you this piece of information, there were six people before me. Here are their names. And you already filled the entire Twitter box. You got no other room, right? Like I hate that. But People who are listening to this, who have listened to me, and I had a couple of people reach out to me this morning, both on social and also privately. So, which is, by the way, how I found out about what I'm going to start with, with this story. It was what alerted me to it. And then I went online. I'm like, really? So for, I don't want to over-exaggerate. I've already talked to you folks who don't know me that I do that, right? I don't want to over-exaggerate. At least for five years. No, not every day when I was on the air, but at least for five years. Like to the point where if you were to ask listeners of mine over on Sirius XM over those 12 years, hey, write down like 50 things that like Casey is like just, you know, you even want to like tell him like, dude, it's time to let it go. Right. The All-Star Game counting would be on that list for sure. Not marketing their players would be on that list. There'll be a few things. Angel Hernandez, right? and what wonderful stretching he did the other day. Like, there'd be, like, a few, a few things that were on the list, okay? On, I would say, as long as they remembered, right? If they remembered somehow even a majority of the things I said and were a daily listener, 
I would say over 50% of them, I'm not confident, would write down that I have obsessed and been angry about the lack of understanding that Major League Baseball has just never had of how to utilize the all-star game to their benefit because it is, again, one of these things where you're monopolizing everyone's attention and you're forcing people who are not baseball fans, right, to watch you. You're forcing people who are sports fans who kind of like baseball to maybe have a reason to get more interested, right? You're putting out and you're showcasing, to use that word, your stars. I mean, that's what the All-Star Game is. The All-Star Game, and I referenced this a couple podcasts ago, always better than the Pro Bowl, right? Like, even before the Pro Bowl left Hawaii and moved to Orlando, it's always better, and I like the NHL All-Star Game than the NHL All-Star Game. It's, It's always been the best one. And they tried to make it count, which will be in, and I'll give you some foreshadowing, one of the lists that I have coming up in the next few weeks is going to be on the, on the top 10 worst sports decisions of my lifetime. That's in there, right? But having absolutely no idea how to maximize spotlight, it is like MLB's thing because, you know, one of the big problems that I've had, and I've said this often, I'm too old, like at, in my mid-40s, even if I you know, don't act that old necessarily and I'm immature, Like, I'm too old to work in the area where I'm trying to figure out what is right for the niche market in Major League Baseball. In my opinion, I'm too old for that right now, right? But if you look in the offices and marketing and being around baseball and anybody who works in it can tell you this, it's like everybody's older than I am. Most people. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, there are younger people in sponsorships and some other things, but not where, like, the decisions are made, and it never made any sense to me. Like, how are you not understanding? Like, you, everything in today's day and age is about reaching younger viewers, younger listeners, and you're, you can't do that. I mean, as much as people might be trying to do that and asking a lot of questions of people who are that age, you can't properly do that if you're not in the niche market, right? It's like... You don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not hip right now. Certainly, I could tell you about the 1980s. I'm, you know, I, I don't know about 2022, right? I have said forever they don't get this. Now, ironically, I made, and, and this, and I got to give credit. I, I think it was, I, th- I think it was the Daily News. I shouldn't give credit if, if I'm not sure, but I think it was. But one of the papers in New York had picked up um, and I appreciate that, that CeCe actually had himself talked to me about this when he was at the game before he ended up being part of the festivities. But, you know, the involvement of CeCe Sabathia, who at the time was, you know, near retirement, and an all-star game is in Cleveland, and, like, you're not doing anything that's trying to, like, you have, like, a current guy who's been, like, such a great face of the game and, and was such a big part of this franchise, like, to, to make something happen, even if he's throwing out a first pitch. Like, the idea that I had to literally just pound the pavement and have guests on around the league, and and it took months before finally, and look, MLB never admitted it or said anything to me, but I know that CeCe was aware, and certainly papers had picked it up, that literally I was just banging on this drum for months, and finally he ended up being a big part of the festivities, and he should have been there in the first place. I have for five years, at least, been saying, why isn't there a wild card choice for each of the all-star teams? And I have said the same thing every time. Now, I, I've talked about whether or not the players chose it. In this case, I guess the league did it, right, with Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. And it's a great thing. It's great for the sport. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. 
when you made the All-Star game count, you took all these moments away. You know, I, th I think about it, and I'm not trying to compare it to Pujols or Mickey, so please don't go crazy. But A.J. Burnett was in his 18th season, I think, right, when he finally made the All-Star team. He was having a great year with Pittsburgh at the time. And I remember he and Garrett Cole were both on the same staff at the time were in the All-Star game. And A.J. Burnett couldn't get in the game because the game counted. And I think it was Clayton Kershaw who came out of the bullpen like in, you know, bef between where they had like the, you know, three or four starters that were planned. And it's like, I'm not sure where I'll go next. And then, you know, where the closers were. Y you're not putting A.J. Burnett in there if the game counts, right? Because whether the manager is going to be somebody who, you know, at the time because they have the most wins or not, going to be that guy who is affected, right? Because now I'm losing home field. Or not, there was like the onus of like, you have to treat it that way. Like it counts you know, which did nothing for anybody. It was just, it was ludicrous and stupid, okay? Maybe it's not good to, you know, flip a coin each side. I've always thought it should be the most wins, but either way, it's like anything is better for them what they were doing, but you couldn't put A.J. Burnett in there. Now, I'm not comparing that kind of a moment, but my contention has always been All-Star is about moments. It, it's about selling the stories to the people who are watching. It's about, you know, putting to the forefront and in the spotlight all of those great, things but also great people right it's like you know Giannis is is a great player we've all seen that but we fell in love with the story first right like in other sports we know the stories like here like we're not like the only story is like oh they were undrafted or like you know it's like Piazza there were like a million people before him or you know who are the 20 guys before Mike Trout or like you know whatever you know it, it, we're not talking about like you know in the Otani stratosphere like of his own but like you know normal humans like we have all these these stories that like we sort of know, but we never really have that. Like it's 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 why when what was it McCutcheon was like on Ellen and he's doing all this stuff. It's like nobody even knew it was happening, right? Like I get the guy was playing in Pittsburgh at the time, but the guy has charisma off the charts. He's an unbelievable dude. Was an MVP and an MVP candidate for years, and like we're not doing anything, right? So my problem has always been that when you think about in this league. Why are we not having a spot on the roster? Because I don't want to hear about, like, <laughs> there's only a limited amount of, like, in the NBA, it does kind of suck because, you know, you only have, you know, 12, 15 guys. And even with injuries, you're getting to, like, 20, 25 on each side that are even going to, like, be either selected and then they can't play, so somebody else replaces them. In Major League Baseball, I always joke. It's like, you know, we're going to go and have all these rosters announced on Sunday or whatever, and then we're going to have, like, 40 other guys find their way in. By the time you're done, it's like 137 players. I've had times, literally, where you're at the All-Star game covering the Home Run Derby, and a dude just took a spot, like, the day before. You had no idea he's even on the team. You're like, what the hell is he doing here? I mean, that's how it literally has transpired. So I've always said, like, with the rosters being what they are, how do you not have a wild card spot for, you know, some of the milestone kind of guys? And the the history of baseball is the one thing that that still, whether we poo-poo it or not, it separates itself to a higher level. It is a higher power. It is somewhere where it is different than the other sports. We give it more love than the other sports. We we feel the numbers. I don't know how many touchdowns. You may know Brady or, you know, whatever, Breeze, 50 in a season, but – how many threw in his career? What was their, you know, what was the, the, the scoring average? You know, each of Michael Jordan's seasons, he won the scoring title. Nobody knows what the hell any of that is, but you know a guy's batting average. You know when Ted Williams was hitting 400. I know how many home runs Bonds hit. I know how many home runs Hank Aaron hit. All of that, right? We don't know any of that in almost any other sport. I know Gretzky had more assists than anybody else had points. How many assists did he have? I have no idea. I could ask a thousand hockey fans right now, and I don't think there would be a single one that would know. No. So it is different. 
So why are we embracing the history and doing exactly this? And I said, whether peers choose it or not, I've been saying this for years. I've even had conversations with people in the league off the air about this, right? Which is why I'm going to tell you that this is not about like, I don't, they're never going to give me credit. I am, I have no doubt. Like there's zero doubt in my mind, like not even a question. Like there is zero doubt that directly or indirectly, they got this idea from listening to this show. Not this show, but to inside. No doubt that they got this idea. Sorry, it's silence for a second. I got so mad. There was no doubt that they got this idea from listening to Inside Pitch over the years. And I know that they did, right? It was, you know, an industry show. So I understand that. So whether like directly or somebody like, you know, was like, I can't remember where I heard this. And it came. I don't know, but it's, it definitely came from me. Like for five years, I've been discussing this. It's, it's absurd that it took this long. But having Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera on the team and being able to have these guys come in as a pinch hitter, like this was like the idea I always put out there, or start the game, right, and take one at bat. Like how many years did Jordan not deserve the start he's in there or Jeter is up for a gold glove or starting in an all-star game or whatever, Right. Like, it used to be the name you know in Major League Baseball. I remember, and I'm not trying to get on somebody in, in, you know, specifically, but I remember I was doing the broadcast. At the time, MLB Network didn't even exist. I was doing it online at MLB.com. Uh, with, it was Jack McDowell, I think it was, uh, and, and I know it was Harold with, with HR. And you know, we were at Yankee Stadium, right? And the last year of the old Yankee Stadium. And Jason Veritek, like, came up on the screen. Now, he's a Red Sox at the time, so I know nobody liked him. But I think he was hitting, like, 070. Like, it was, like, ridiculous. But he was in the All-Star game. I was, like, a name everybody knew. Like, Jefferson Johnson in The Distinguished Gentleman, if, if you are a fan of, of really underrated comedies that A. Murphy have been in. But the idea that we're sitting there and we're taking this long to realize, like, you got a chance to, to not only put on the map what these guys have done, but... You got tribute videos now for everything. I mean, it's ridiculous. Spend like four minutes in a place. It's like, I need a tribute video. Like, it's, it's absurd. I feel like now, like, when these players take an Uber, there must be a tribute from the Uber driver on, here's what your ride was like for the last seven minutes. Please give me five stars. Like, it, it's stupid. But if you're going to have that kind of mentality, then you got to pay tribute, if you will. I don't know why I'm going Hunger Games. But you got to pay tribute to what these guys have done in their careers. What better to do that than to put them on display, have an at-bat, show a video, let them take a bow, show off their helmet, like, you know, tip their cap to the crowd. I mean, the idea that we're not doing these kind of things is ridiculous. It's crazy. Crazy. So kudos to Major League Baseball for however they got this idea out of nowhere and doing it and just putting it out there. And in typical MLB fashion, there's like no explanation, no description. There's like a couple of Manfred quotes and then there it is. And it's like, it doesn't matter because it's great for everybody, but they just have like no clue when it comes to marketing anything. It is amazing how bad that league is at marketing. Like I remember a couple of years ago, and this is the first time on the pod I've told this story, but this is like an amazing story. For anybody who has followed the last, and there are probably people who don't even know this, right? <clears throat> so everybody in the NBA <clears throat> that covers it or follows it, and I had a vote for a number of years for all these things, right? Which is kind of crazy in its own right. But everybody who follows it, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about the vote in a second. But anybody who follows it <clears throat> knows about the, the first NBA team, right? Second NBA, first NBA all defense, second NBA, all that stuff, right? There are most people probably, a lot of you probably going to be shocked to even know now 
that they've been doing this the last couple of years in Major League Baseball. Did you know that? Well, we didn't know that. when I could tell you the year they started it. It must have been, I think, three years ago. But we were in San Diego at winter meetings. And at winter meetings, which is its own problem in terms of how that league handles free agency, which I've gone into in the past. But we're at winter meetings, and we're having a conversation uh, during one of, I don't even know, like what day it was, it may have been the first day, but I was working with Ryan Spielborgs and Spilly and I, Spilly, my broadcast partner, we were sitting there and we were doing uh, some kind of conversation about whatever was happening at the day. Like there wasn't a guest on set. And our producer at the time uh, for that show, Adam Mendelson came up to us and said, hey, after the break, Marcus Semyon is going to walk down, who's a great dude. And I love this guy. But Marcus Simeon is going to walk down. This is when he had just come off of uh, the, the, the third in MVP vote year that he had, right? So, and he's at the time still in Oakland. So Marcus Simeon is going to come down and he's going to do a spot because he was, I, I believe he came, he was on the second maybe MLB. I don't even remember, honestly, really, what is this thing? But like second all MLB or whatever, the, you know, copycat nonsense they did with the NBA. And Spilly and I looked at each other, and neither of us had any idea this existed. Now, I'm telling you, like, it had just come out, like, five days ago. Like, I don't even know if they had told anyone that it was happening. Like, what kind of a thing is this? Like, how does nobody know? But no, nobody knew. But that's how they promote. Oh, but now they had they flew the guy in. He didn't even know. I remember interviewing him in the interview. He's like, "Oh yeah, I just found it a couple of days ago." And I felt like saying, "Like, dude, you're very deserving." But like, they came up with it like three days ago. Like, it's it, it, that's how they do these things. It's amazing. But kudos to MLB, quote unquote, in a van down by the river. However, they they got this thing done. I'll give you a quick nugget, and I want to go back to baseball before we shift to the NBA. But I'll give you a quick nugget on on voting. One second. When you vote for the NBA awards, and I'm excited because that's twice I've done this to the mic. I've pulled plugs out like while I'm working. This is just what I do. Um, when you vote for these awards, all right. Now I had never voted for any awards like that before, and I've always said, and I mean this, like the Hall of Fame. It's like I can't even imagine. And most of the voters I know, as much as I crush and I shit on the way that the Baseball Hall of Fame is handled, most of the voters I know really kind of they treat it the way I would like to see it be treated, right? I mean, they nurture it, if you will, right? I mean, they really understand the honor and all that stuff. But I'd never voted for anything like this before in my life. Like, I thought it was really cool. There are there 100 voters, I believe. I think it's an even number. There were 100. And admittedly, they had, I think somebody drop out, and there were 99. And, I mean, I had been doing NCA before. I, I had just done maybe my second year doing NBA for Turner, and I got to get a vote. I'll never forget. And, and this is like, you know, look, I, I'm not, we all have our tendencies and weaknesses and paranoias and things like that. I like, I used to as a kid be much more OCD than I am now. Like, I'm really not that, like I used to like, oh, the papers had to be in a line. Everything had to be just like, you know, just right. I'm not really that way now. I've got other things, but it not, that's not one of them. Um, but I'm telling you, <laughs> Like, you get this this computer, it's like a file, like you go into, right? And it's like one of those surveys, it looks just like it, where you're voting for 
you know, hey, you got to answer these six questions and then tell me what three chimneys are, and then you can get into your own bank account like that garbage, right? But there are drop-down boxes. So it says choose, uh, you know, the, the players that you want to, let's say, join your first team all defense, right? So it's got forward, it's got guard, it's got center, whatever the case may be, right? Some are position-oriented, some are not. You click the drop box. I'm telling you, and I remember because I had voted that year, and I remember when I put Giannis in, and I, I didn't remember how many categories in addition to MVP I had him for, but when I first all first team and all first even whatever it was, when I put Giannis in, his brother was in there right next to him. So on Tedacumpo, on Tedacumpo, right? And then like, you know, B and C and all the way down, right? I'm telling you right now, like with, with no joke, I checked like a thousand times to make sure I had the right on Tedacumpo. Because what happens is when you hit enter and you send this thing up, right, and it goes in, it's too late. Like by then, like I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I could have like after the email said, hey, like I think I made a mistake, like oopsie. But I don't, I don't really think you could do that. It's like it's almost like you feel like you're sending it to like, you know, I don't even know what. Ernst and Young, like I, you know, uh, and, and now it's time for the five nominees for the supporting actor uh, by the you know, segregation, congregation, correlation of these people, like whatever. Uh, you know, I, I have no idea where it goes, but it goes somewhere. And like, okay, you, you're, um, your votes have been cast. I mean, okay, like, can I get a printout? Like, you know, what? I mean, can I double check? But I'm telling you, because he and his brother were right next to each other, like just to bring you to like a normal person, like world thing of like somebody who'd never been through that, like a thousand times, I like, could you click the Dropbox? What if I double click twice, click too many times, like the arrow hourglass thing shows up? I was very careful with that. So uh, I don't know if anybody else gone through that, but if you want to know how those things are voted, um, if, uh, if, if anybody's brother accidentally gets a vote, uh, now, now you know why. Like we've seen, like brothers traded and the wrong guy traded. We saw that in the NBA a few years ago. So with a guy with a last name that was the same as someone else's last name, but the GM thought he was trading for the other guy uh, in a Memphis uh, Grizzlies deal. We've seen that. So maybe this is something that has happened to someone else. Uh, but that is, yeah. So it can happen. From the baseball side, before I move to the NBA and I get into the trades, I want to talk about what's coming up with the trades. Couple things. First of all. You know, we always talk about, and I joke about, the prospects are cool, the parades are cooler. Uh, is the coolest time of year. Like, I love trade deadline, and I love that there's no waiver deadline, A, because I used to joke on the air all the time. Like, I'm going to explain this once, and I, I would say this on the air for people who listen to me. They know I would say this. I would explain it one time at the beginning to, like, the first person who asked, and then I would ask the producers, and they would never do it for me. I would ask them as a joke if they could go ahead and now just hit play and the first time just record the whole thing because I don't want to have to explain again what the waiver deadline is and how it works and how you have to clear waivers. Even though it's not that complicated, it's not like the bird rights and some of this other stuff with the, like the, the exemptions. and It is hard to explain some of that stuff and you need like a capologist for a lot of it. Like it's really not that difficult, but I would always make a joke about it. But now I'm glad I don't have to joke. I love having one deadline. You gotta, it's why I've always said about free agency, and I've talked about in this pod already, why the, you know, Major League Baseball needs to, need to kind of close people in and corner them and, and force them to act, right? I mean, that's the way it needs to be. 
well, this is great, not having the waiver deadline, having one deadline. I love the trade deadline, clearly. These are where you separate the teams that tell you they're trying to win and the ones that really want to win because some of them are just full of shit, okay? Like, welcome to reality. People don't want to tell you the truth. Owners of baseball teams are just like any owner of any business you've ever worked for in your whole damn life or the businesses you own if you're a business owner and you're listening to me. It is, yes, you work in, you know, if, if you work helping people, you work, there, there are things that you know, are meaningful to you. You're an accountant. You're like, maybe you feel spirited about that. Whatever it is, like, you could have a passion. It could be something that's important to you. It could be meaningful. And it still is meaningful to put the priority list the way it is that it's always for an owner about business, about money, and the bottom line first. And everything else goes from that top line to the bottom line so do you part. That's just the way it is, people. Sorry, okay? So it is the same way for baseball teams, right? They want to win, yes. But above that, like if you're playing the game Password, right? Up, oh, nope, or Family Feud. Wait, we can go over there for the steal because number one's still available. Number one is money. It's making money. How much am I spending? How much am I making? That's it. Now, the difference between the teams and the owners that I appreciate, even the ones who eventually don't win, right? Like, I can appreciate, I can appreciate a loser. Like, I can appreciate the teams that just, just go for it. Just shut that. I, in this world, there are so many, forget just businesses, people that I know who hurt their own life because they're afraid. Everybody is afraid. Everyone. I'm sorry. Welcome to 2022 is the world of fear. Now, a lot of it for Good reason, meaning I understand why, and terrible reason in terms of why, when you think of the real-life things that are going on out there on, in this planet right now, okay? And some of the just, just the, the events that are unfathomable, all right? Which I don't think I need to go further. I think you understand where I'm coming from with that. But everybody is afraid. Everyone is afraid. Afraid to tell people how they feel. Afraid to say what they think. Afraid to go out on a limb. Afraid to go further. Afraid to take a risk. Everyone's afraid. Now, I'm afraid of heights. I ain't going to jump out of plane, but I'll do it in terms of figuratively every day of my damn life without question because regret is the worst human feeling on earth, in my opinion. Like, there are a lot. Like, really having a pee bad and there's no bathroom, that's not fun, all right? Like, feel like you were about to lose your cookies? Not a good time, all right? Break up in an email? Not a good time. Lost phone service and you're out of battery when you just asked somebody out? You don't know if they said yes? Not a good time. There's some bad feelings, all right? But, like, okay, so I get it. Like, flat tire in the rain, we could go on forever, right? But there is no feeling, in my opinion, just for me, worse than regret. Regret is the worst feeling ever. And to me, regret is not saved for things you did that you wish you didn't do. It's saved for things you don't know what would have happened if you did. I wish I would have. Every regret starts with, I wish I would have done that. 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 Then there are, again, lists, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But at least I wish I wouldn't have done that is, is number two because they're nothing worse than I wish I would have known. I wish I would have said something. I wish I would have told them how I feel. I wish I would have tried, right? I wish I would have made an effort. I don't know if I was good enough. I don't know if I could have got the job. I don't know if I was good enough to make the team. I don't know if I... Why the hell would you want to live that way? But that's how teams live too. Because they're looking at their bottom line and their margins and they're saying, 
I'm going to live in this space. I'm in the safe zone in sorry. If I don't back out of here and, like, get a four or go forward with a two, I'm just hanging out in this place. You can't touch me, bro. Like, yeah, okay, I'm great. I'm in free parking. You can't get here. That's great. I'm like Mario when he's got all that light-up star stuff going on around him. You can't do shit to me. Like, I'm right here. Like, what? You know, what? But that's how teams are. But the Pirates went all those years without renting anybody and didn't do anything. It's why so many times Met fans were like, nothing wrong with Milwaukee. Don't get upset. But I used to say the Milwaukee Mets. What the hell am I living? I didn't know I was living in Milwaukee. Am I, am I in Cincinnati? I didn't realize I'm in Minnesota. I'm in New York. Why the hell am I acting like I'm sitting there in some mid-market team? Nothing wrong with that. But Duke doesn't have to act like Middle Tennessee State, do they? You know what I mean? It's like, come on. <laughs> but teams are that way. And they get so afraid. And they're so like, eh, what if I make a mistake? And what I don't get is like, it's the, the GMs are the ones who get shit on all the time. Like, I'll just use Atlanta, right? And I know the Braves just won a championship. Alex Anthopoulos, here's a dude, and I love AA, all right? I used to call him Dr. Stealth. Like, here's a guy who will, like, he's keeping quiet, and then he's, it's not like, and I love Jerry DePoto, too, but Trader Jerry, I mean, you already know there's, like, it's like, you know, when there used to be a Crazy Eddie on, a long time ago in the 80s, at least in the Northeast, like, you know, Sunday, Sunday, the prices are insane, TVs, appliances, whatever else is going on. Like, Trader Jerry, he trading, Okay. Alex Anthopoulos is not doing anything. Then he's making deals for like 10 guys and just to get in the playoffs to get to the wild card. Like, he's not afraid. And then people like when he got down here with Liberty Media and they don't want to spend any money. I mean, my God, the team made from, from the battery down here in Atlanta, okay? And I, I, I remember where I got this number but won't say it, even though it was on the air because I, I don't have the exact numbers and I, do, I don't want to quote it. But on the air, somebody who would be in the know said to me about two years ago the actual numbers and they were something like legit like 430 million they the team had like made right in the year after they moved to this park and they spent 17 in the off season like it's something very close to that legit it's like 430 something million and they spent 17 back in the team well you know what that's not the gm when a team is acting that way, the GM can't say shit to them that's going to make them go. It, going and giving, and I said this at the time, giving Alex Anthopoulos the reins and the restraints that he had, because remember what he had to do. He had the one-year deal with Josh Donaldson, but it's a Band-Aid deal. A lot of money for one season. Every deal was like one year, all the pitchers. One year, one year, one year. And a lot of them didn't work, right? But didn't matter who it was. We got a year's worth of money because it's off the books. We don't have to worry about it wrapping back into our finances moving forward. And then ironically... They finally decided to pay up for a long term and gave Ozuna four years. And then, you know, what happened with that, at least at immediate terms. But you can't give Dale Earnhardt Jr. a Camry. And then I had somebody write me that, like, I guess in some, I don't know, which racing thing is not my thing. And that's OK. There's nothing wrong with it. But I guess there's a Camry involved that I don't know how fast they're racing. Is it is it Gran Turismo on PlayStation? I'm not sure. But either way, it's like. The owners are the ones who are in charge. The GMs would love to make trades. Like, you don't get a job and work your way to be a general manager in baseball to be frugal or cheap or try and save money. Like, that's not what you're doing. These guys wish they could do it. Trust me, one of the ways that I realized this, okay, and I won't mention names even though all my listeners would know, uh, the two gentlemen or three specifically that... The, the three gentlemen...
they would know the three gentlemen that I'm referring to immediately, okay? But I have played fantasy baseball with former GMs who, like, can't do the job anymore. And all they do is make a trade, like, every single day. Like, every day, they're offering you, like, like God, unbelievably, like, God for like, seven guys for six guys. Like, crazy deals. Everybody wants to make trades. Trades are fun. Like, you know, put, like, if you're putting money in the stock market, you're not taking a chance. You're not, and I used to work in that industry for three years. You're not making any. You've got to take a risk to get a reward. So I have people in life who are too afraid and are cowards to do anything. They get nothing. Just the way it, now, people can get shit on the other way for trying things. Trust me, I know. But I'd rather that than do nothing. Most people do nothing. A lot of teams do nothing. So I get excited, and I'm looking forward to finding out which teams do what. And I will tell you what we are going to do at Unfiltered. Uh, we are going to have it. I don't want to give too much away, but a week-long, daily, very, very big time with guests and names in the know and current and former GMs and players and all kinds of stuff. Uh, the way I like to do things and have done it for people who have listened to me during these time periods of year, we're going to be doing that right here. Uh, and they'll be in longer form every single day leading up to the deadline and deadline day coming up. So I'm very excited about that. I will tell you more about it as it's coming. But this is going to be one of those places, as I like to say, in the rotation where you're going to want to be if you want to find out what's going on. And really the breakdowns from people who are going to give you the truth because if they don't, I'll just smack them. I want to get to the NBA a little bit before I bounce out here for episode 12. Okay. Speaking of trades. <laughs> so continuing where I've been breaking down this kind of Kevin Durant situation. And now I've seen like, you know, I feel like NBA coverage, they're all stuck. Like they're waiting and I feel bad for them. Like you're in the waiting period of like, okay, uh, this deal was announced. That deal was announced. Like, okay, we knew Gobert already got traded. We knew this guy signed and whatever, but they're like, we got to get KD traded. So now everywhere is like the, is it good for basketball that Kevin Durant could do this and this and whatever. Is it good for basketball? Probably not. Is it good for fans? Not if you're on the teams or rooting for the teams that he is leaving. If you're going, if you root for a team he's going to, it's the greatest fucking thing you've ever had happen to you, right? I mean, who are we kidding? Sorry, kids. Okay? Then it don't matter. But it's like I said about this before. The biggest problem with this entire thing, the, the biggest problem with all of this, Hang on a second. So, as I've been saying, and I apologize, the, the biggest part of all of this, the biggest problem with all of this for me has been the fact that if you hamstring a team, okay, there has to be a certain level of understanding of you may be Thor, right? To go back to like you're an Avenger, you live in like a you're a god of thunder. You were used to be god of the thunder, then you were god of the warriors, and then you were sort of like, you know, tried to be a god for the Nets, right? But like you were a god of thunder, and we're just like a dude, like in the background. We're like free guy, like Ryan Reynolds in that movie, okay? Like we're just there, all right? We're just kind of hanging. Was it NPC? Is that what it's called? Like in this video game? We're just hanging, right? There's part of it where because of the way that the league is handled and the way athletes are enabled now to get away with things you never could have, we got to live with it. We got to eat it. And we got to understand, okay, well, you know what? It may suck, but Kevin Durant's a unicorn. He's one of the most talented players of all time. The guy's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And right now as an athlete, this is what you're allowed to do. 
Okay? It sucks, but that's what you're allowed to do. It's shitty for the Nets. He's there for a year. He just took the deal. Like, how do you not know? Like, do you know what you signed up for? You got Kyrie there. Like, then you had Harden there. And, like, okay, you want to tell me, like, you don't want to play with Ben Simmons? And, by the way, I think Ben and KD could play together well, actually, as long as you get Kyrie out of there. But I, I think if you sit there, because Ben does a lot of really, really good things on the floor, and I think he could probably get KD 40 points a game. I know he could do it himself, but in an easy manner, because the things Ben could do, he don't want to shoot anyway, as we know. And he plays great defense, and the two of them and their length. Look, I think you can add a third piece that you can get for Kyrie, and the Nets have a better chance to win a championship than they would with Kyrie, who doesn't win. Kyrie's a winner. Where? When he had LeBron? When he hit the one shot? He won 28 games when he had his own freaking team, then decided he wasn't man enough to – he begged for his own team, then didn't want to have his own team. He went to Boston where he had young talents like Tatum and Jalen Brown, and he had Marcus Smart. He couldn't win there. Hayward came back injured, barely, like, walking. They played, like, three seconds and outplayed him in the playoffs. He didn't want to play there either. LeBron would have won with those guys. He'd probably still be winning championships with that team. Kyrie couldn't win with them. Then Kyrie went to the Nets, couldn't win with them, or couldn't play, and now complains and wants to get a long-term deal. What, what winner is he? Kyrie's not a winner. He won a Duke. He was there for five minutes. He was there for five freaking minutes. He hit one big shot. He has an unbelievable dribble. He's a ridiculously talented player. You want the truth about Kyrie Irving? He hit one big shot. Is it a bigger shot than LeBron has hit? You want to take the block away and some of the other stuff? Probably the bigger shot in a one-shot kind of the thing than LeBron has, has hit. Is it Ray Allen in the corner? No. Is it, is it uh, Leitner? No. Is it a big shot? It's a big shot. It's a big shot, to quote meet the parents, right? I have to be pretty high, Jack. I bet you would, Panama Red. But... He did one shot. He won with LeBron. Booby Gibson won with LeBron. J.R. Smith trying to shoot the wrong basket and forgetting what to do won with LeBron. Okay? He won with LeBron. He's not a winner. He didn't win in college. He didn't win any. Where did he win? He won with LeBron. He couldn't do anything without him. The Celtics had him. They didn't win. When he left, they almost beat LeBron in Game 7 without Kyrie. They were winning because he wasn't there. Kyrie Irving is not a winner, has never been a winner, ever. This idea and this stamp that he's a winner, he not. He's an unbelievably talented player. He's not a winner. Sorry. End story. End scene. Period. Not a winner. You take him off the team, Ben Simmons got a better chance to win than KD and someone else instead of Kyrie than Kyrie and KD do, in my opinion. I don't even think, it's fact. These Ben, we know, will acquiesce and give it up to somebody else. Kyrie can't figure out if he wants to go sit 60 days or take 60 shots. I'm not bitter. Back to KD. <laughs> Back to KD. The Nets asked for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and four first-round picks, I think it was, for Kevin Durant. And people were like, oh, well, that's stupid. They're never going to trade him. Like, you know, why are they acting like asses? Like, what are the Nets doing? You know what the Nets are doing? They're doing what you would do, right, if someone said, how dumb does it sound to trade the greatest player on earth right now and one of probably – the most 10 talented players in terms of talent and all the different things he could do, unicorn, hello, that we've ever seen in our life. 
If you want to trade one of those 10 people, you're an idiot. Now, you don't want to, right, if you're Sean Marks in that team. So he's forcing you to go do it. Well, okay, but the difference between KD and Kyrie is KD, is a ba he's, a play he's a basketball player, and he wants to win, okay? That much we know. He wants to win. If they don't trade him and can't, he's going to try and win. Then he's going to try and fix it. Either get Kyrie a long-term deal if he really wants him there or try and work other guys in. He will eventually want to play basketball. That's what's going to happen. He will want to play. I, yeah, I want Carl Anthony Towns, a great player. Anthony Edwards has been around for four minutes. I mean, he's a young kid. He's, he's got a ton of talent, great ability, all that stuff. It's like the idea of like, hey, trade me to the Heat. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but you know, you can't, I don't, I'm not getting Bam. I'm not getting Kyle Lowry. I'm not getting Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. I need Jimmy Butler and Bam. And to think about this is Kevin Durant. I love Jimmy Butler as a player. He's Kevin Durant. Love Carl Anthony Towns as a player. It's Kevin Durant. They're doing what you would do if someone said, can you try and find equal value to Kevin Durant? Now, you may say, and I may say, well, you can't find equal value. But that doesn't mean the Nets have to sit there because they got a contract with the dude that says he got to get his ass out there on the floor and play. They don't have 13 floors in hotels, as my kids asked me about yesterday. So I, I'm living on a, a higher floor for the first time that I've ever... I've been in houses, townhouses, like this first apartment feel for me for a while. And the first the kids have ever been involved in, and it's on a pretty high floor. And I'm not giving the number away because people are crazy. So, but um, they'll be in like every building. Speaking of crazy. Come on, man. Speaking of crazy. Speaking of being crazy. As my microphone, this won't, this will not happen in episode. You see, I mentioned episode thirteen. It's like saying the Candyman third three times. Beetlejuice. You can't even say the number thirteen. But my kids were asking me, they're like, "Why isn't there a thirteenth floor?" And I never realized. Like, I'm like afraid of like, you know, I mentioned my first job was, you know, I've talked about this before. I worked in a drugstore, and you know, I was stocking like Kotex with wings and all kinds of like crazy stuff, and like, you know. I, when I every time I like think back to like that time period, I'm like, what am I gonna do when my two daughters like start having these conversations with me? Like, how am I gonna have that? I there are certain talks like you plan for, like you know what's like how babies are made, or like you know about you know heaven forbid an animal dying or something like that. Like, I never really realized like how I was like at a loss for words, and I like changed the subject and said, hey, who's excited? We're going to the pool. Like I, I it's like I don't know. Like how do you explain? Do I explain superstitions? Do I explain like horror movies? Like I don't even know nightmares. Like the number thirteen. I I don't know. But uh, we'll do something fun. I don't know what. I'll figure it out for number thirteen. Also, uh, in the next seven to ten days, and I say seven to ten because one I know is going to be in the next couple of days, and the other gave me somewhere in the next week. But uh, I've known for a couple of decades. Got a couple of really good guests coming for you, and our trade deadline specials the week of I think is going to be the spot to be. So I think you're going to be really excited about what I'm planning and putting together for that. And I know I'm excited about it. It's definitely uh, the biggest project I've done in you know an industry that I I have been in love with since I'm five in a couple of years and certainly in the last year plus. So I'm really excited about um, unveiling all of that and what's going to happen the week of the trade deadline. And this is going to be a spot you're going to want to be at. Hopefully you're going to want to be here all the time. Hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much to all the members of my family who keep putting a five-star rating out on Apple and everywhere else. 
Uh, get me at Casey Stern on Twitter, and I will see you for episode 13. And if you think that Kyrie is a winner, please explain that to me. Kyrie, I'm well, you're welcome to come on the show and, like, debate it with me. Like, I'm not scared. Like, you, you know, I mean, just, just talk to me. Like, somebody explain to me, when did people start? Where is he winning? Winning what exactly? He won with LeBron. Ilgauskas won with LeBron. Okay? Kyle Korver, who hit a lot of open shots, great player, great dude. He hits that three. A whole lot of other dudes would have been less. It's like winning with Nick Saban as your coach. Not trying to compare the two. We'll see you for episode 13. Night, people. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.